guys, you're back with us for another episode of the Touch of Gloves podcast. I'm Jed, Jace isn't with me this week, uh, so for episode 10 I'm going to be trying something a little bit different. Uh, this week I'm pretty much going to be reading you a story, uh, of something I've wanted to do for a while, uh, just run through a, a fighter's career or perhaps just discuss a particular fight, um, but doing it in a, do it in a slightly different format. Um, with a bit more narrative structure to it. Uh, fingers crossed you guys like it. If you don't, keep it to your goddamn selves. <laughs> but if you do, let me know. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll try it with a few others. Um, just gives me the opportunity to talk about fighters that perhaps don't have an upcoming fight or, you know, somebody fought years ago. So yeah, for my first attempt, I'm going to be talking about Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. Uh, so yeah, without any more preamble, let's just jump right in. This time, there was no controversy. There would be no one questioning the decision. There would be no questions at all, except maybe, how did I get here? Asked by Chocolatito himself as he stared up at the lights of the StubHub Center. One year before, almost to the day, he had captured a world title in his fourth weight class, the first Nicaraguan in history to do so, surpassing his former mentor and idol, Alexis Arguello. A year ago, he was untouchable, unbeaten, and was widely recognised as the greatest pound-for-pound fighter in the world. But that was then, and a year in boxing is a lifetime. Now, he was laying on his ass, with the taste of his own blood in his mouth, and a ringing in his head that just wouldn't stop. Was that from the punch that dropped him, robbed him of his senses and brought him crashing to the canvas? Or the plethora of punches before that? Or was it something else? Was it the alarm bell going off in Chocolatito's head signalling the end? Not of the fight, no. The ref had waved it off seconds after he fell. But of everything else, he wasn't untouchable. He'd been touched, and touched often. Hard, damaging shots. He wasn't unbeaten. He'd lost twice in just six months. The first loss was controversial, and so he could tell himself it's okay, it doesn't count, the judges got it wrong, but I know I won. But the second loss... You can't deny a loss like that. A four-round drubbing where you're dropped and then stopped, almost knocked clean out of your boots. You can't sweeten that. You swallow it straight and choke on it all the way down. His first loss knocked him from the top of the mythical pound-for-pound rankings, the list of the greatest fighters in the world, regardless of weight class. The second removed him from the list altogether. He wasn't unbeaten, he wasn't a champion, and he wasn't seen as one of the greatest fighters in the world anymore. So shortly after thinking, how did I get here? As the doctor checked on him and tried to pry his mouthpiece out, another question popped into his head. Who am I now? This is the story of Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, the Little King. After going 88-0 as an amateur and winning the light flyweight gold medal at the Central American Championships in 2004, Gonzalez turned pro in 2005 at age 18. Much like any prospect, he fought often against lower-level opposition to develop his skills. He fought in July, August, September and October and won every fight by knockout. But then, he was supposed to. Roman may only be five foot three, but he's always been able to punch. And not only punch, but never stop punching. Even from his debut, Chocolatito's style has been aggressive forward pressure. He stays on opponents and floods them with punches until they drown. And that is exactly what happened to his first 16 opponents, all of whom succumbed to Roman's pressure inside the distance. Roman picked up a number of lower level titles, all within two years of turning pro. He dropped down to £105 and three years and two months into his professional career was fighting for a world title, the WBA World Minimum Weight Championship. 
Chocolatito, more than willing to fight in another fighter's backyard, flew to Japan to take on champion Yutaka Niida, who was looking to make his eighth defense of the title. Niida was 23-1 and was a very accomplished fighter. Gonzalez took him apart in four rounds. Chocolatito defended his title three times before moving back up to light flyweight. He won the interim WBA light flyweight title against Francisco Rosa in 2010, knocking his opponent down three times before getting the stoppage in just the second round. 27 fights, two-weight world champion, and Gonzalez hadn't been so much as troubled. Which is not to say that his opponents were soft touches, far from it, only that Chocolatito was simply on another level. Four months later, he was promoted to full champion when the title's previous owner moved up in weight. Chocolatito remained untested, despite besting former world champions until his fifth defence of his light flyweight crown, taking on future pound-for-pound player Juan Francisco Estrada. The first few rounds of the fight, Estrada was able to use Chocolatito's aggression against him, countering effectively and landing the better, cleaner shots. But Roman knew exactly what he was doing. Despite getting most of his opponents out of there early, Gonzalez had the gas tank to keep the pace up for the full 12 rounds if need be. Estrada could keep him off him for two rounds, three at best, but he'd never been in there with a fighter like Chocolatito before, because there weren't any. No fighter since perhaps Julio Cesar Chavez could keep the pressure on so high for so long. And so slowly Roman's digging shots to the body of Estrada began to add up, and the more they did, the less he could move out the way of the onslaught. Estrada was never out of the fight, and showed even in defeat just how good he was going to be, but eventually, just like all those that had come before him, he was overwhelmed by Chocolatito. Gonzalez fought one more time at 108 pounds before moving up to flyweight in 2013. He quickly rattled off four TKO victories, earning his shot at Akira Yagashi, the Ring Magazine, Lineal and WBC World Flyweight Champion. The fight turned out to be one of Roman's more entertaining battles, a mini war where the toughest Nels Japanese warrior tasted the canvas in the third and ninth round before the ref intervened and saved Yagashi from his own toughness. Chocolatito had 40 fights, 34 stoppages, and three world titles to his name. The boxing world, and more importantly, HBO, took notice. Two fights later, they flew him out to the States to serve as the co-main on a Triple G pay-per-view. The two fighters would share a number of cards, with Max Kellerman calling Chocolatito the little drama show to Golovkin's big drama show. The pairing made sense. Both fighters were relentless pressure fighters with a huge knockout percentage. Chocolatito's first fight on the platform was against the overmatched Edgar Sosa. Sosa was 49-8 and eight going into the fight, but all of that experience amounted to naught. Chocolatito knocked Sosa down twice before putting him down the third and final time in the second round. The fight didn't go on for long, but the hardcore boxing fans saw enough to be impressed. Articles and videos started appearing online soon after, breaking down and marvelling at the quality of Chocolatito's work. It's easy to miss the intricacies of a pressure fighter, the subtle defensive movements lost among the barrage of offensive strikes, but they're there. The head, always off centre line so his opponent can't catch him if they punch at the same time. The lateral steps to cut the ring off. The constant changing of rhythm and velocity so it's never clear which punches are going to be the damaging ones and which are measuring distance or opening the opponent up. His first fight on HBO got our attention. His next one earned our respect, our admiration and placed him atop many pound-for-pound lists. Gonzalez took on former unified flyweight champion Brian Valoria. Roman dropped him in the third before overwhelming him and getting the stoppage in the ninth. After this fight, rumours circled that HBO were pushing Chocolatito to move up in weight. 
He was already smaller than most of the men he fought, and many saw campaigning for a title in the fourth weight class as dangerous. For the third HBO fight, Gonzalez remained at flyweight and defended his title against McWilliams Arroyo. Many saw it as his toughest test since the Estrada fight, but only because it went the distance. Two of the three judges gave every round to Roman. After the fight, there was once again talk of Gonzalez moving up in weight. HBO wanted to increase the drama in the little drama show. And so for his next fight, Chocolatito looked to make history. He moved up to 115 pounds to take on the undefeated WBC super flyweight champion, Carlos Cuadras. The fight was one of the best of 2016, a high-paced battle with both men throwing over 1,000 punches combined. Reminiscent of the Estrada fight, Cuadras started well, able to counter and move effectively, avoiding the best of Roman's heavier shots, but he could only avoid them for so long before getting caught up in the human buzzsaw that is Chocolatito. Commentators Roy Jones Jr. and Max Kellerman noted at one point that it looked like Cuadras was waiting for Chocolatito to stop punching so he could throw back one of his own, but he just never stopped. The pace rarely dipped and both men gave it the rule. The Roman's superior volume, pressure and punch placement secured in the victory on the judges' scorecards. And with that, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez made history as the first Nicaraguan fighter to win world titles in four weight classes and the first of any fighter to win four titles at those particular weights. His place in the Hall of Fame was secure and Roman Gonzalez knew exactly who he was, the best fighter in the world. And then it all went wrong. One month after making history and sharing in that success, Roman's trainer of six years, Arnolfo Lobando, suffered a stroke and died in hospital at age 53. Barely over a month later, Chocolatito's next fight was signed. Roman would be taken on his WBC mandatory, Cisriquet Sorong Visay. Sorong Visay was coming in with a record of 41-4. and four. Going into the fight, some saw this as a tune-up fight for Gonzalez. Only Chocolatito would be able to go up against a monster like Sorungvasai, a future pound-for-pound player, and it be considered a tune-up fight. From the opening bell, it was clear this was going to go a little differently. Sorungvasai was huge for the division. His body was so much thicker than Roman's. Some started to refer to him as the Thai tank. His punches were slower, yes, but bone-crunching. And not only that, he knew how to use his size. He roughed Chocolatito up at every opportunity, frequently button heads when Roman attempted to put together a combination, which, as should be apparent by now, was very often. In the first round, as Sorungvasai threw a hook to the body, he brought his head up with such force that it knocked Gonzalez down. This was counted as a knockdown, despite Roman's protests. In the third round, another clash of heads cut Chocolatito above the eye, which continued to gush blood throughout the fight. But he responded to this as only the great do. Chocolatito went to work. He not only displayed every skill and attribute he'd become known for, the insane volume and pace, the subtle movement, the dazzling variety of shots, but he also demonstrated he had a heart far larger than his stature. For every punch Sorungvasai landed, Chocolatito gave two back. The headbutts kept coming and blood covered his face, but he didn't let this deter him from throwing punch after punch after punch. When all was said and done, Chocolatito had hit Sorungvasai with 441 punches and been hit 284 times, not including the headbutts. He had outstruck his opponent in 10 of the 12 rounds. It was an absolute war, a battle of attrition where both men gave their all. It was one of the fights of the year, if not the decade. Those commentating and all of the media watching declared that Roman had been through hell, but had clearly won it. The judges saw it differently. 
One scored it a draw, and the other two scored it in favour of Sorangvasai. A chorus of boos sounded from the crowd, but it didn't matter. The titles were gone, along with Chocolatito's undefeated record. Gonzalez felt he won, and was eager to prove it. He signed on for the rematch. Six months later, Chocolatito stepped into the ring, looking for revenge on the Thai tank. He'd be better prepared for the roughhousing and the headbutts. Roman thought he was ready. He was wrong. They picked up right where they left off, with both men throwing huge power shots from the bell. There was a clash of heads, Roman complained, the crowd booed, and the ref warned Sorungvasai. They didn't stop throwing for three and a half rounds. Whether Chocolatito hadn't let his body fully recover from the last fight, or the years of wars against bigger men had finally caught up with him, either way, the shots that Sorungvasai was landing were hurting Gonzalez. In the fourth, he went down. Roman shook it off, climbed back up to his feet, bit down on his gum shield, and went back to swinging. He got hit hard in the head and dropped to the canvas. The ref didn't bother with the count. There was no need. Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez had been knocked out. There was no controversy. There was just that lingering question. Who am I now? In his post-fight interview, Gonzalez told the crowd, I think I'll be okay. He didn't sound sure. Roman considered retirement. He had to go through numerous neurological tests before he would even be allowed to fight again. After almost a year out of the ring, it was announced that Chocolatito would take on former world minimum weight champion Moises Fuentes in a 10-round fight. Despite the advice from many around him, Gonzalez was staying at super flyweight. The fight started and Roman did not seem like himself. He wasn't the non-stop pressure fighter in round one. He settled in when it became clear Fuentes, not his natural super flyweight, didn't have the power to hurt him. Gonzalez turned it up and got the stoppage in round five. He'd won but he hadn't answered that nagging question. He was clearly still a fighter, but was he the same fighter as before? A few months after the fight, he suffered a knee injury during training. It would require surgery. Once again, it looked like we had seen the last of Chocolatito. He was out of action for over a year before taking on Diamel Diocos, a genuine tune-up fight. It served little purpose beyond testing Roman's knee and mobility. He got the knockout in the second round, it did little to remind the world of who Chocolatito was. The 2010s came to an end, and so discussion turned to the fighter of the decade. Floyd Mayweather Jr. dominated the conversation, despite only fighting 10 times. Canelo Alvarez topped his fair share of lists. Chocolatito, despite putting together 23 victories, 13 of which were in title fights, with 19 knockouts and collecting titles in four different weight classes, was only mentioned by the most hardcore of boxing outlets. It seemed the world had also forgotten who he was. After two brutal losses, a tune-up fight, a long period of inactivity whilst he healed, and an even softer tune-up fight, Roman signed on for a real test, a genuine world champion, the undefeated WBA super flyweight champion, Cal Yafai. Cal was younger, bigger, and stronger. He had held the title for four years, but didn't really have a notable name on his record. He was also the opposite in style to Gonzalez. Whereas Roman would come at his opponents, blitzing them with an endless array of strikes, Yafai would dance around and away from them, striking when the opportunity suited him, and tying up his opponents when it didn't. But when that opening bell rang, Yafai did something few predicted. He stood his ground. The cynic could suggest that Cal Yafai and his team had seen the beatings Gonzalez had taken against Sorungvasai and believed his punch resistance had diminished along with his reflexes. Yafai wouldn't need to dance around a clinch. He could take on a legend and take him out. 
notch himself a name and silence the critics that had called him boring. On paper, it almost sounds like a good idea. And for the first few rounds, it played out according to plan. The size difference was evident. Yafai's crisp jabs would momentarily halt Gonzalez in his tracks. Chocolatito was a little stiff, and the heavy shots would stiffen him still. But what Yafai failed to realise, and what everyone else had forgotten, is that Gonzalez is a flood. And each punch that Yafai landed loosened up the dam that was holding it back. As each round passed, Roman got a little looser, the shots came a little faster, the combinations more fluid. In the third round, Yafai buzzed Chocolatito with a hard right hand. And it happened. The smaller, older, weaker, long past his prime former champion, who had no business in this weight class, remembered who he was. The dam broke, and the flood broke free. Crushing uppercuts transitioned seamlessly into ferocious flurries, and the years rolled back. Chocolatito didn't stop. He wouldn't stop. He couldn't stop. Hooks to the body were followed by crosses to the jewel before Yafai even had a chance to think. The physical pressure is one thing, but the mental pressure is what drowns them. The follow-up punch before they've even had a chance to think about what hit them previously. The realisation that even if you wanted to run, there's no room to. There's only the destructive deluge bearing down on you. Yafai fought valiantly, fighting as though he expected his next punch to be the one that pushed Gonzalez back, or the next one, but they never did. And in the dying seconds of the eighth round, a short right hand dropped him hard. Cal survived and rose off his stool to start the ninth with a look of disbelief on his face. He looked at his opponent as he came straight at him yet again, offering no reprieve and seemed to ask himself, this is not the fight I was promised. Who is this man? And as if hearing him, Roman answered with the best one-two combination of his illustrious career, landing square on the chin and separating Yafai from his senses, ending the fight. The message and the answer was clear. Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez was, is, and always will be the king. So there we go. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, sorry for being slightly hyperbolic in a few places but as I said the dude is one of my favorite fighters so uh yeah a little bit prone to overstating certain things <laughs> uh, hopefully it didn't grate on you too much but yeah I'm, I'm hoping you enjoyed it I certainly enjoyed writing it uh and it'd probably be a thing that me and Jace do um a few more times coming up uh if there's any fighters or particular fights that you you're interested in us taking this approach on uh let us know tweet us at uh, at touch of gloves um yeah we, we'd love to do it i've got a few ideas coming up an episode titled not surprised uh you may be able to guess what fight that'll be about um probably be a few more f-bombs in that episode <laughs> just from the quotes alone um but yeah let us know hopefully you enjoyed it and i'll catch you guys soon cheers <laughs>